Alright, hello and welcome back to the Libraries and Weight Rooms podcast. My name is DJ Lagorian. This is episode number 12. And today I'm going to tell a, a pretty personal story. And I'm going to be respectful to my family in, in telling this because I think this story is going to serve a greater purpose. I'm, I'm hoping it will. And so I'm going to be vulnerable and kind of let people a little bit into, uh, into my life in this area. And so before I dive into it, I want to uh, address something that I hit on a, a while ago, and it was the Libraries and Weight Rooms course, which I have been working on each uh, Friday and Saturday. I've been uh, putting some hours aside for that course. It's the I'm calling it the Libraries and Weight Rooms course. Basically what it is is I've highlighted three books that I've read in the past uh, couple novels that I've dug into, and uh, I basically extract what I'm calling progress points from each of these books. And then from those progress points, I extract three installment items. And these are basically things that you can incorporate into your life. And so each one has like a, uh, it's a workbook that I'm making alongside each book that is, uh, you can actually like fill it out. You can type in it and you can actually like select things. And so a couple people who ha- have been uh, actually keeping me accountable for it. They've been checking in, seeing how I've been, how I've been doing on the uh, the actual course itself. So thank you to those people who have been doing that. And if you want to be one of the people who actually tests this out and runs through it, let me know. You can shoot me an email at djlagori at gmail.com or you can message me on Instagram at djlagori. And I'll send you the link once it's done and you can run, run yourself through it. Let me know what works. Let me know what doesn't work. Let me know what you want to see. Let me know what you don't want to see. You know, together we can create this thing and to be, to make it be something kind of cool. And, uh, maybe it can even help out some other people because that's the goal of it. So libraries and weight rooms course moving forward pretty well. All right. So the story that I want to get into today is about my uncle Larry. My uncle Larry, uh, was the smartest man that I have ever had the honor of talking to and being around. He worked for NASA and he was, I believe he got his uh, doctorate in aerospace engineering and he was a physicist. And so he legally was not allowed to tell us what he did, which is fucking awesome. All right. I want all of, uh, I, I hope everybody gets a chance to meet someone in their life who they are not allowed to tell you what they actually do. That, to me, is what a badass looks like. I think that's awesome, and that was my Uncle Larry. Now, my Uncle Larry was also the skinniest human being I've ever met in my life. He did not step foot in a weight room. And coming from a family with, uh, with my father and my other Uncle Ronnie, they were pretty athletic guys. My father ran triathlons his whole life. They loved the weight room. My Uncle Larry did not. He was a mental warrior. And you could tell just by talking to him how calculated he was and how intelligent he was. And he was intelligent enough to work at NASA and not tell us what he did. And to me, in my, in my book, that counts as, <laughs> as a mental warrior. And so my Uncle Larry, unfortunately, I would say about uh, maybe six or seven years ago, got diagnosed with a disease called multiple symptoms atrophy, which is similar to like Lou Gehrig's disease. And so he lived in California. And I would say maybe two or three years ago, and maybe, yeah, I would say maybe three or four uh, my father and I went to visit him. And so he lived in California. And I think because of his very lucrative and prestigious career that he had had working uh, for NASA and space exploration, he lived in a in beautiful home in California in this, on this private drive in the hills of, of 
California with these, like there were woods all around him. He had a, uh, he had a tennis court in his backyard with a, with a guest house. It was all, it was very hilly. It was, it was beautiful. It literally looked like something out of like a Hollywood movie that, that you would, that you would watch. He had a turtle farm, which I was corrected. It is actually a tortoise farm. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I would, me and my dad were going around playing with like 75 year old tortoises, like running them into each other and stuff. And they were real like tortoises and it was incredible. It's like the things that you'd never think that you just would find so much joy out of. <laughs> and so we, we come to my, to my uncle's house. And at this point in his, uh, in his sickness, he, he can't really walk at all. He can't really talk. Uh, he, he's very limited to his mobility. And so we walk into his garage and he's got about a three car garage. And this is the first piece to this story that I think really will hit. He had a Porsche 911 Turbo, a white one. I looked up today how much a Porsche 911 Turbo is, and it's about $175,000 car. So rewind a couple years ago, let's say it was maybe around $150,000 car. There were boots and there were yard equipment, rakes and shovels and tarps just leaning up against this vehicle because due to my uncle's condition, he couldn't drive this vehicle. And so it was just sitting there. And you think about the beauty of this machine, the, the art and the creativity that goes into it, and it's not being used. You, you can't, he, he couldn't drive it at that point in his life. And that was really the first time where it hit me like, man, he's, he's sick. He, he, can't, he can't drive this. Like a lot of us in our life may never get an opportunity to feel what it's like to drive in a Porsche. And at that point in my, in my uncle's life, he, he couldn't experience that anymore. And so that kind of hit me. And so we walked into his house and he was sitting there and we, we were just hanging out with him, making him feel comfortable. And throughout our time together, we, we played tennis. My father, uh, my father actually carried him up to the, uh, to the tennis court because it was a hill and we had a chair up there and we sat him down in the chair and my dad and I, uh, played tennis and my, my father was, was hitting the tennis ball at him. I mean, it's his younger brother, so he's hitting the tennis ball at him, and he was smiling. And you know, it was the first time that I'm I'm thinking that he had felt joy and he had felt some sort of pleasure in his life, and he was smiling. And it was just really cool to kind of experience those moments with him. So one of the mornings we we woke up, and my father and I each had our own room, and each room had a balcony that overlooked the tortoise farm. It overlooked all of this wooded area. It overlooked the tennis court and the guest house. And the sun was rising when, it, when, I, when I got up and it was ripping through the trees. It literally looked like a scene out of like a Twilight movie or like some sort of landscape. It was just, it was majestic. It was beautiful. And I'm sitting there and I'm like kind of leaning over the balcony. I got this huge balcony and, and like a couple feet down, my father has his own balcony and he walks out. And we're both kind of looking at it, at the, uh, at the woods and, and at these trees. And I said, man, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's just incredible. My father doesn't say anything back to me. He's just kind of looking out there. He doesn't even look at me. And he says to me, it's all nothing. All of it. Doesn't mean anything. So I looked over at him. I was a little confused. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, think about it. 
you're not healthy, you can't experience any of this. And that's when it really sunk in that my Uncle Larry had reached a a point in his life where all of his hard work and the things that he had acquired from a materialistic standpoint, a million-dollar home, a tennis court, a, a guest house, a tortoise farm, a Porsche, couldn't experience any of it. It was all just stuff that was just there. And so, you know, I've talked a lot about gratitude and trading expectation for appreciation and really being thankful for the things that we have in our life and not necessarily noticing the things that we don't. And I think oftentimes we completely forget about simply being healthy and, and simply having the ability to not only maintain our health, but also improve our health. And that's really the, the underlying meat to, to, libra- to the libraries and weight rooms culture, is that we have the ability right now in this very moment of your life, we have the ability to improve our mental health and our physical health. There are decisions we can make to improve both of those areas. And when we make those decisions, we get to experience more life. I've seen this happen. Just last night, I was actually, I was in a mastermind group where every single one of the members of the group was becoming aware of two things that were changing their life right in front of my eyes. I I could see it. One, they were becoming aware of the certain things in their life that triggered their anxiety. They were saying, oh, I was thinking about that and I got anxious again. So I realized that these are the types of areas of my life, whether it's schooling, financial things, relationships, parentals, friendship, whatever, whatever it is. They were realizing the things in their life that were triggering their anxiety. And two, they were becoming aware awareness. They were becoming aware of how to solve it. How to realize that, ah, I'm thinking of a negative result based upon, we'll say my financials, hence why I'm becoming anxious. So here, here how I, here is how I can change this perspective. And watching these people find out these ways to improve their mental health, it got me emotional just watching it. Because that's the the thing that lights me up inside, that's the passion. To see people actually make progress, to see them take control of their health, that is what we can do. Because there will come a point in some of our lives where we will meet people. And I, and I pray that anybody listening to this, it doesn't happen to you, where we might lose control of our health. Or we might experience disease, sickness. We might see others who have disease and sickness and they've lost control of their health. And so what I wanted this story to highlight is just how important it is to realize that right now in this moment, you have control of your health. And the decisions that you make to improve your mental health, to improve your physical health, 
will produce more control in your life, in turn decreasing the amount of anxiety and stress you feel. Because stress and anxiety are rooted in the things that we cannot control when we focus on them. So when we start to have more control over our mind, more control over our body, the way we look, the way we feel, we are literally producing the feeling of control, which is basically the antidote to stress and anxiety. Because stress and anxiety is when we focus on those things that we can't control and we project the negative outcomes that could possibly happen. So if you get anything out of this today, out of, out of my uncle's story, be grateful of the health that you have right now and realize, become aware of the idea of the act of improving your mental health and your physical health. You can do it. I've seen people do it. Maybe you're currently doing it and you feel great. Maybe you haven't fully started it. That's okay. Right now is a great moment to do one thing tomorrow that can improve your mental health One thing tomorrow that can improve your physical health. Take 25 deep breaths and do 25 push-ups. There's a start. Okay? That's the the premise behind libraries and weight rooms is we have the ability to do this right now. Because there's some people in this world, like when I got to experience it with my Uncle Larry, who who do not have this ability. So we need to be grateful for that ability that we do have. Now, unfortunately, a couple of years after uh, my father and I visited my Uncle Larry, my Uncle Larry passed away. And uh, Uncle Larry, if you're listening to this, I, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to uh, showing me that it was okay to be smart and showing me that it was okay to want to get better from a mental standpoint. You know, life isn't all about looking good and being strong. It's about what you got going on upstairs too. And uh, I'm hoping today that your story can possibly help somebody else who's contemplating making that decision of improving their overall health. Because we never know when it might be taken away. So right now, if you have that opportunity, I highly suggest to start thinking of ways on how to improve your mental health and thinking of ways on how to improve your physical health as well. Thank you guys for tuning in today and listening to my Uncle Larry's story. I'm hoping that it struck something in you that can make you inspired to be a little bit better, to improve your overall health, and to experience more life. Thank you guys for tuning in. Looking forward to speaking with you next week. See ya.